0: Good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here. You know, this is, you know, they talk about the perfect storm. This is like one of these weekends. The perfect storm you have. It's a long weekend. For being in church, I'm talking about. It's a long weekend. It's school holidays. It's daylight savings. It's the grand final. I mean, come on. When do you put all those things together, where is everyone? Well, you're here. Okay? And it's good to be here because God's got a word for you this morning, okay? He wants to talk to us. Let's get that slide up. The the heading is step into the life that Jesus is praying for you. Step into the life that Jesus is praying for you. So what I want to speak about this morning is on prayer, as you can see, but it's with a twist. And it's something that uh, I was challenged on by an article that I had read um, on prayer. And when I thought d- deeper and deeper about this, I thought this changes really how I engage in my prayer life with God. And I'm hoping that this might do the same for you because I'm sure if you've been in church long enough, you probably all heard sermons on prayer. And uh, this, in a sense, is something that I'd never considered uh, enough. In fact, it caused me to consider an element about my prayer life that has changed the way I approach God. So hopefully it'll do that for you. I want to start, though, by telling you a story. That's a true story, um, which is always the best best ones, I suppose. But it goes way back to the 90s. Can anyone remember back to the 90s? Yeah. yeah. If you were there, you know what they say. Yeah, anyway, back to the 90s. My son, Jaden, who was about eight at the time, so he's a little eight-year-old boy, um, and I, we were invited to an all-expense-paid week in the snow down at Perisher Valley. Um, it was with my mate and his son. So it was just going to be the four guys going down to the snow. The only problem with it was it hadn't snowed all season or very lightly. Okay, So there wasn't too much snow. Which is probably why I got invited, because I think his wife and daughter backed out of it, and he's going, well, well, we can still go. So, you know, you don't need snow when you've got an all expenses paid. I mean, I'm talking about staying in a hotel for the five days in the middle of the week. I'm talking about free food, free drink, and free activities. It just meant that the activities were going to be bushwalking instead of skiing, which, hey, who cares about that? It was still a week away. With the four blakes, and we were gonna do it. So on our way down, I remember um, we stopped at Kuma and we went to a cafe. This was just Jaden and myself, and we're sitting in there having some lunch, and Jaden just says, This is an eight-year-old boy, says so openly, Dad, we should pray. Well, hey, how does a dad feel when his little boy says that we should pray? Now, never to deny that opportunity, I said, What for? What are we going to pray for? And uh, with that, well, he just started to pray without giving me any in, 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 um, in to what he was going to do it. And he starts praying for lots of snow. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, how do I say amen to this? My heart really it started to sink, you know, I knew there was no snow. I'd been watching the news, listening to the weather, and it was the slightest, slightest of chance. I mean, it is the snow season. It was in the middle of the season. It can still snow, but there hadn't been any, and it was very unlikely. It really wasn't on their charts. But there was always the possibility. You know what the weather people are like. Anyway... It was the poorest season, apparently, it had been for a long while. So I'm sitting there as he's praying for lots of snow, talking to God, and I'm just going, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to talk to my little boy? Um, I didn't want my little boy to be disappointed. To be disappointed either with the snow or, more importantly, disappointed with God. And I kind of felt I needed to help God out on this one. You know where I'm going with this? I kind of thought I've got to give God a little, you know, leverage here and, and, and get him out of this corner. Yeah. Um. So when we got back to the car, I explained that some prayers are not always easily answered. Now, I, that's not easy, you know, in eight-year-old language, but I think I did pretty good. I'll tell you what happened. I explained that it's not that God can't answer prayers. It's not that he can't answer them. I mean, he's God. He's the Almighty, the big one. He does it all. He brought us into being. Yep, he can make it snow. It's not that he doesn't answer prayers. But as you and I know as adults, his answers can come in at least four ways. Is that true? Do you want me to tell you the four ways? This is, this is my theology anyway. If you've forgotten them, let me remind you. And it goes like this, go, grow, slow, and no. It's the way I see God answers prayers. I'll say it again, go, grow, slow, and no. Go is yes, so when you pray, he goes, go for it. <laughs> it's yours. Take it up, run with it. I'm answering your prayer. Grow is a yes, but, comes with a but. There'll be an element of time that's needed for the maturing and the transformation of your life. So it's about growing. Yes, he's gonna give you what you have asked for, your request. So he's gonna answer it, but he's gonna say, I want you to mature through this. I want you to grow in this. I remember once um, we were so blessed. This is <laughs> I'm gonna go back further now to the 80s, that we were able to look at buying a house. You know, and we found this perfect house and we put a deposit on it only to find out the very next day the person withdrew the house. And we went, no way. This is the house God wants us to have. And for a whole month we went to other open houses looking for houses. There was nothing. Every time we'd go into a house, we'd go, it's not as good as that one we saw. <laughs> not as good as the one we had on deposit on. This is a whole month. You know, 9.31 night. It's a month later. I get this phone call from the real estate agent. He says, have you found a house yet? I went, no. Why? And he said, because the people that you put the deposit on a month ago went to a, um, auction tonight and they've put money on a house. They have to sell their house. Do you want it? Do we want it? Yeah, we're looking for a month and we thought it was that one. So, you see, there was a growth process in that. God wanted to know, was I really going to trust him? Where was my heart in all this? And he taught a huge amount of maturing and transformation in the process of having conversation with him. So grow is a good thing. It's still a yes, but it takes time, doesn't it? And the other one actually is slow. Slow is yes also, but other things have to occur before it can be answered. Okay, so yes, you're going to get it, but God has to move things or people and bring things around. And have you ever been in that process where he says, yeah, you've got it, but you've just asked ahead of time. Yes, you can have it, but I'm going to have to tell that person that they've got to go to this place to change that person, to move that person over to there, to get that to happen. The weather's going to change over here, and then all of a sudden you'll be able to step into it. Just be patient, he says. So that's where we learn about patience in the slowness of God's answer. Now, the last one is no, and that is definitely not a yes. (laughs) You don't get it, he says. You don't get it. But no is still an answer, isn't it? Okay, when your children ask you for something and you go, no way, you know, it's like, can I sit up all night and play on my iPhone? No, what are you going for? <laughs> it's a no, but it's an answer. So God answers our prayers in the way of these four answers. Now, that's for your teaching. How do I get that across to an eight-year-old? How do I bring that about? Those those, those things. Well, for the sake of my son, I went into bat for God, as I said, and I must say I think I helped God out really well. As Mr. Control Freak, um, I believed I got got out of a very hard place. And I had convinced myself, this is, you know, from Cooma to Perisher Valley, I'd convinced myself that I was able to take away any disappointment from this little boy's prayer. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, as a good dad, that's what you've got to do, isn't it? You don't want your little boy disappointed. Hey, But as we passed through the National Park gates and we made our way up to Perisher Car Park, guess what? It snowed. Oh! And you know what? It snowed for three days solid, and it became the best snow for the whole season. Where was I in the midst of that? <laughs> we <were absolutely> wrong. <laughs> I was absolutely wrong. You see, apparently. It became the best snow for all season, and I couldn't believe it. And I I remember saying to Jaden, this has always stuck in my mind, I said, well, mate, God answered your prayer. I feel I did so well, (laughs) but God goes and answers his prayer. And he just looked at me with his big wide open eyes and he said, that's because we asked him, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's because we asked him, Dad. And I just looked at him and went, how do I answer that? Yes, we did. Well, you did. I, th- <laughs> I was a bit... Anyway, let me ask you, how would you have dealt with that situation if one of your loved ones prayed that prayer? How would have you dealt with it? I tell you what, I was left asking a lot of questions myself from that. And what really made me do some inner soul searching was the, the with the ease that my eight-year-old son talked to his heavenly father. Just so easy for him to do that with all the baggage that I came with. He just anticipated that what he asked for was going to happen and I must say it was just absolutely beautiful. It was a big lesson for me. But what this incident made me consider probably more than anything, and and, and this is really what I want to challenge us with with stating this here uh, this morning, is that just as much as of ease and openness that my son Jaden did with his prayer and his request to God, Jesus does the same for you and me. Jesus does the same for you and me. That's right. Did you know? That Jesus talks freely and honestly to his father with no holding back about you and me. Let that sink in. Yet when he talks to his father, he talks without any insecurities, he's not bound by any oppression, and he has no and he is not captive to any burden. Think about this. He's free from any insecurities when Jesus talks to his father about you and I. Consider the insecurities that bind up us when we pray. You know, there's feelings, if you're anything like me, there's feelings of I'm not good enough. Why would he answer my prayer? Or what have I done? How would he answer that? Why would he go ahead with that? Or the reality that I've let him down. I've let him down. Why would he come to me at this point? Or let's face it. He knows what I'm really like. Is he really going to answer my prayers? See, we come with these insecurities. Jesus doesn't come with that. What about oppression? See, there's nothing from his past or his family tree or anything from his upbringing that holds him back. Now, you think about your own past, your family, your background. And that plays on all of us at every level of our life. And we will bring that into our prayer life. We have these abandonment issues that go on in our life. There's these rejection, um, you know, by others. There's this control that goes on. And all that lies deeply within us, and we pray out of that sometimes. I don't want to ask it because I know I've asked things before and I've been rejected or I was a so maybe I won't ask that. But the reality is that there is nothing in his past. He's, he is he's not bound by anything and there is um, no burden, no burden that can captive him, keep him captive. You see, his thinking, his power, his knowledge, his time, and his understanding is all perfect. And that's how he comes in prayer to his Father. He is perfect and complete. He's not fearful of praying out loud around others. Anyone fearful of that? Jesus isn't. He's not scared about not using the right words. Anyone get scared about praying like that around others? Oh, I don't know what to use. Michelle's shaking her head because you're our MC. You're doing it all the time, aren't you? Oh, what am I going to say? That's right. He's not frightened of what others will think about him when he comes to the Father because he is perfect and complete. And this is the most amazing thing of all, he can ask for anything. He can ask for the snow, like my son did. And he can ask out of all his perfectness and his completeness and get what he knows best for us when it comes to the Father. Nothing's too small or too big. He's not limited in any of his requests. There's nothing beyond his desire. He has no bounds or constraints. Now, that is amazing when Jesus prays for you because it's out of that place he brings your name to the Father and who you are. He can ask for whatever his perfect and holy thoughts appeal for. Let that sink in. He can ask for whatever his perfect and holy thoughts Appeal for. And this is the part that intrigues me the most. I can rest in the enormous comfort of knowing that Jesus does this for me. Do you want me? Do you want to know how I know this? Well, I'm gonna to have to give you some scripture because it's not my words, it's his. Have a look at these two verses. First one comes from Romans 8:33 and 34. Paul says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who's going to have a go at the people God has chosen? It's God who justifies. It's God that makes us right. Who then is the one who condemns? Now, you're probably going, there's that word condemn. Where else is that word? What's that most common verse we know? That's right. There is no condemnation. That's in the, actually at the beginning of Romans 8 verse 1. He says it again here. Who then is the one who condemns? You and me. There's no one. No one can condemn you or me. Why? Because of this. Christ Jesus who died, well, in fact, it's more than that, who was raised to life, let's not just leave him in the grave, he actually got back up again, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. He's interceding for us. And here's another one. Hebrews 7, 24 and 25. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Because he lives forever. Therefore, he's able to save completely. That was the verse before, the death and the resurrection. He's able to save completely those who come to God through him. Our salvation is through Jesus, no other way. But look at this, because he always lives to intercede for them. He always lives to intercede for them. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I know the Holy Spirit intercedes for me because the verses just before Romans 8 talk about the Spirit giving us the words when we need them. But when we get down to Romans 8, 34 and 35, we see that actually Jesus is praying for us. And then the writer of Hebrews tells us these truths. Jesus, who is seated at the right-hand side of the Father... Now, the right-hand side means the place of power, okay? Okay? power okay this is where the sword was drawn with the right it's the place of authority and power in the kingdom the right hand side jesus who is seated at the right hand side of the father intercedes for you intercedes for you that word intercede in case you're a bit lost in what it means it means to intervene or to mediate it means to speak on behalf of another Jesus, who is seated at the right-hand side of the Father, speaks on your behalf. Speaks on your behalf. I think the greatest place seen in Jesus' life of him interceding or praying for us is when we look at the cross, isn't it? There, hung up between heaven and earth, with all the, the crowd calling out, crucify him, with... One of the, um, thieves on one side, you know, mocking him with all of them, uh, the Roman soldiers around and the Jewish authorities making great fun of him. He calls out, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them from being in that place. Please forgive them. There he is interceding for us. He always lives to intercede for you. He did it then and he does it today. That's what this verse is telling us, these two verses. Jesus is talking to his Father for you and about you. In other words, he's praying for you right now. I don't understand how that physically works. But he's God and he can do it. So you can basically say you are always on his mind and apparently you are always in his conversation. How does that make you feel? Now, I know we shouldn't go on our feelings, so I now want you to memorise that thought and make it an application. Because even in the midst of the slow, grow, and no, those difficult parts, you've got to remember that you're always on his mind and you're in his conversation. So let me ask you, did you know that Jesus prays for you? Because I'd read these verses many times but they never challenged me to the depth of what the reality is of what Jesus is saying to us, what the word is telling us. All the things that you do, the things that you say, the things that you learn, the places you go, the conversations you have, the transformation of your very being is so significant to Jesus that he prays for you. There is nothing you do as his child that he's not talking to his father about you. And do you know why I know that? Because we, in our limited human, um, bodies, care that much at least for our children, don't we? How often do you take your children to the, to your God in prayer? He, in all his fullness and completeness, does that for you constantly. You are his Child, He has called you, he has saved you, and he will pray for you to the Almighty. That's how important you are. Let that sink in. Don't miss that mark. In fact, you are living in a story where Jesus is praying over your life right now. I don't know how long your story is going to exist. Who knows that? only God, but your story has an ending that gives a beginning when we leave this earth. It's a transition from one phase to another, but while we are here in this phase, we're in this story where Jesus is praying over us right now. And that says to me that your life is immensely important to him. That's what this verse is telling me that I am immensely important to my God. Let me ask you, do you find it a little sobering that within your life Jesus needs to pray for you? Do you find that a little sobering? Wow, he needs to talk to me, talk about me to the Father? That is a great thought because he says, yes, you are. He says, yes, you are. Because think about it. This is the Son of God, the Son of God, talking to his Father, God Almighty, about you. Your name is on his lips. He says, let me talk about Mel today, Lord. Father, let me talk about Natalia. Let me talk about David. I should say, let's talk about Mark, because there's about five people in here name, mate. <laughs> I get everyone at once. He's got your name on his lips and he's talking to his father about you. And in fact, it's every day. He lives to intercede for you. He lives to intercede for you. Wow. That's what he's doing. Talking to God about me. You are important to him. So I want to leave you with a challenge. Leave you with a challenge. Rachel left us with a challenge, with our giving. Here's another one. Why don't you step into the life that Jesus is praying for you right now? Why don't you step into the life that Jesus is praying for you right now? This has been my challenge when I read this verse. Let me ask you, what is holding you back? What is holding you back from doing that? Maybe there's doubt. I'm just not sure. Is he really the Son of God? Maybe there's a lack of faith. I just don't know if I can trust. You know, I've been let down before. Maybe there is a, it's a trust issue. Maybe there's worldly passions and desires that get in the way of you giving yourself a hundred percent. You know, there's this thing that I want, and I don't know if it fits in with what he wants. I can't give up this, but I think he wants me to, but it's, I'm just struggling. Or maybe there's hurt. You know, I've, I've experienced this before, and I don't know if I can hand myself completely over because I've experienced something before, and I just can't go there again. I don't want to be let down. I don't want to be abandoned. Don't let the fears and the insecurities of this time, right now, take you away from the only thing that is important in this life. And that's Jesus. Because Jesus loves to talk to his Father about you. So, would you like to know what he's praying over you right now? Would you like to know that? I'm seeing some nods. Maybe some people are going, oh, I don't know. (laughs) well go ahead and ask him because the only way you can know that is you've got to pray you need to talk to him to say what are you talking about me that's what prayer is he invites us but make sure you stop and listen make sure you stop and listen my question is this Do you slow down enough to listen to his voice? I thought it was interesting, Rachel you said, sometimes I think and then I pray. (laughs) I think that's probably how we all tend to work, don't we? We think and pray. We just need to get the two at the same time because we don't give up our head when you become a Christian. We don't stop thinking, but I think we do it very quickly. And maybe it needs time for us to slow down in the busy week that we have or the busy day that we have. What I'm trying to say is, how do you find his presence? Because I think that's where you'll start to hear about what he's praying for you. And that's where we have that place of actually asking. You know, I can't connect with Fee unless I stop and give her my full attention. Now, I don't know if this is a bloke thing, but I know that next week, The V8s are on. Yeah. Thomas and I might hang out a bit. Okay. The V8s are on. I love. I can sit there and watch the whole, you know, circuit around Bathurst the whole day. But Fee will want to come in and ask me about things. And it's not what would you like to eat or drink or can I get you slippers or... (laughs) No. She'll just want to talk about things that are not about V8s. And I (laughs) realise... Pardon? She wants to talk about God, but God wants me to watch the V8s. <laughs> <laughs> but, but usually it's defined as sport. It doesn't have to be the V8s, it can be sport. Why did the most in- intricate conversations have to come up while sport's on TV? I, <laughs> that's not true. But I know what I need to do. And I've learnt this out of a lot. It's it's one of these things, and I have to either push no sound or turn off if we're going to have some kind of conversation. I do, and I've learnt that, haven't I? Learning. <laughs> Sometimes there can be a good ad and you can just quickly get it in there and then you realise, oh, it's it's more than an ad, isn't it? Okay. Um. Honesty is the best, isn't it? That's what you want. You want me to be honest. But but I think God needs that. We can't do that on the run. How can I say, God, what are you praying, What Jesus, what are you praying about me for as I'm quickly going off this direction? It's about finding his presence. And finding his presence is not about having a five-minute quiet time in the morning either. There's nothing wrong with a five-minute quiet time. But it's about finding his presence. If that's where you find it, that's what you need to do. But you won't hear him unless you actually slow down your day enough to have that conversation. And I tell you what, that's what the devil is not going to let you have. He's not going to let you have that time out on the bench with God. He doesn't want you to hear what Jesus is praying for you. When you do stop, ask him to reveal his prayer for you. There's the challenge. When you do stop, say, Jesus... What are you praying for me? And I guarantee he will reveal it to you. Because just like any of your sons or daughters that come to you and say, Dad, what's this or where's this or what can we do? You answer them. You don't push them away and say, come back at another time. I hope not. (laughs) Some of us are going, oh, gee. (laughs) I've got to change that. (laughs) Depends if the V8s are on, I suppose. Um yeah, come and sit with me and watch the V8s. That's what I say. Um, anyway, but he does, doesn't he? We, we, we need to come to him and we need to commit to what and where he leads us then once he reveals it to us. So here he is. I'm going to close here. Imagine if you could agree in prayer with the Son of God on the things he's asking his Father for you. Imagine that. Wow, he reveals something to you and says, this is what I'm going to do in you or through you, okay, in the future. It might be, this is what I'm going to do for you today. Oh, that's a bit scary. Really? But if that's what he reveals to you, imagine them walking in that because that's what he's praying for you. So then don't you have all the the, the strength of God in you, the Holy Spirit, to give you that power and authority to actually do what he asks. And you then live out of who you are meant to be, his son, his child, his heir. That would add some serious muscle to the way you approach what you do for the day, wouldn't it, if that was the case? And don't we need serious muscle in our Christian life? For the outcome, I believe, if we do this, It will change the way you live life and you reach out to those around you. I think it will change the way you do life. Okay, I'm going to get the band to come on up. We're going to do one more song. But I just, I have this sense that the Spirit has been speaking. He's been speaking to you. And just while they're coming up, I'm just going to pray over you. Just We've got a few minutes. Just by the way... I'm going to take a bit longer because I'm going to give you tomorrow off, okay? Yeah, so it's okay. A few more minutes here, you don't mind, and you can have tomorrow off, okay? You can have it as a holiday. I'll give that to you. Um, I want the Spirit just to come and speak to each one of us, and I'm going to ask him to do that. And then if you're willing that you've heard something, I'd like you to share it. Where is this taking you? in the midst of this conversation, okay? Let me pray. Holy Spirit, we want you to reveal to us what you want to tell us right now. These are not just fancy words from the front. These are your words that are speaking to our heart because you want us to be who you want us to be. So Holy Spirit, just speak quietly now to us. Reveal to us your will.